Eddie Mayer on LBC. With Motorway, where dealers compete to give you the best price for your car. It's Friday, it's a quarter to five. It's Simon Marks's American Week. Eddie, it has been a third full week of murderous slaughter by the Russians in Ukraine. The sickening images and witness testaments from the Black Sea port of Mariupol alone have shocked the consciousness of the world. Secretary of State Antony Blinken said yesterday, despite all the talk about talks, he sees no immediate end in sight to Vladimir Putin's scorched earth blitzkrieg. So this was the American week when Joe Biden laid it on the line. Sort of. On Saturday... My administration authorized another $200 million to keep a steady flow of weapons and ammunition moving to Ukraine. Now I'm once again using my presidential authority to continue to help Ukraine fend off Russia's assault. An additional $800 million in assistance. President Biden speaking at the White House on Wednesday, announcing a total of $1 billion in fresh expenditure on lethal weapons for Ukraine. Now I want to be honest with you. This could be a long and difficult battle. But the American people will be steadfast in our support of the people of Ukraine in the face of Putin's immoral, unethical attacks on civilian populations. We are united in our abhorrence of Putin's depraved onslaught. And we're going to continue to have their backs as they fight for their freedom, their democracy, their very survival. The president there, as you heard, cited Russia's utter disregard for civilian lives, Putin's targeting of a maternity hospital, his shelling of refugees seeking to use humanitarian corridors to evacuate, his bombing of blocks of flats in Kharkiv, Kiev and other cities. So after describing in detail the horrors committed by the Russians... What I'm signing here is... Delegation authority under Section 506. When President Biden signed the documents that would begin the formal transfer of fresh weapons to Ukraine, reporters had questions for him. Mr. President, what will it take for you to send the Polish mace that President Zelensky is asking for? I'm not going to comment on that right now. I'm not going to comment on any other than what I told you. Now, you won't see that on the official White House videotape of the event. It cuts out before the reporters start asking questions, including a pretty important one. Having described in detail Russian atrocities against civilians in Ukraine, was the president ready to brand Vladimir Putin a war criminal? Judging by the way he stalked out of the room refusing to answer, it seemed that he wasn't. Several hours later, after another White House event unrelated to Ukraine, a reporter tried again. No. So that seemed to seal the deal. The president was not ready to call Vladimir Putin a war criminal. Not surprising, given that in order to reach that conclusion, the US government would normally spend months gathering evidence, interviewing witnesses and building a firm case to support its conclusion. However grave their actions, however obvious their murderous intent, however immediate and widely shared the social media evidence of it, it is a big deal when the US government accuses a foreign head of state of war crimes. Which makes what happened next all the more curious. The president circled back to the reporter who had asked him the question, indicating that perhaps he'd misheard the nature of her inquiry. And 
with that, he turned and left. Now, we have no idea what question he initially thought he was answering in the negative, but to be fair, the acoustics were bad, he's in his late 70s, so maybe he didn't hear the question. But certainly he'd been given the chance earlier in the day to brand Putin a war criminal in a more formal setting and didn't take it. So, reporters asked White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki what on earth was going on. The president was answering a direct question that was asked and uh, responding to what uh, he has seen on television. We have all seen barbaric acts, horrific acts by a foreign dictator uh, in a country that is threatening and taking the lives of civilians, impacting hospitals, uh, women who are pregnant, journalists, others. And I think he was answering a direct question. So that was on Wednesday. Yesterday, another development. We have a strong sense of what Russia could do next. We believe that Moscow may be setting the stage to use a chemical weapon and then falsely blame Ukraine to justify escalating its attacks on the Ukrainian people. Secretary of State Antony Blinken laying out his continuing concern that the Russians are trying to create a pretext to use chemical or biological weapons in Ukraine. So does he think Vladimir Putin is a war criminal? A lawyer could have written the answer. Yesterday, President Biden said that, in his opinion, war crimes have been committed in Ukraine. Personally, I agree. The suggestion there that President Biden was offering his personal opinion, personally, the Secretary of State agrees, inferring that neither man is actually speaking formally on behalf of the US government, which has only just started its investigation into the crimes we can probably all agree the Russians have committed. Back to the White House and Press Secretary Jen Psaki. What's the purpose of the President and now Secretary of State getting ahead of that investigation? I know you said, or the pre- uh, you said yesterday that uh, the president was speaking from his heart. Sure. Is that what this is? Just just speaking on the, uh, from their heart? Well, I think Secretary Blinken was as well. Um, what we're seeing, whether it is the um, destruction of a theater where the words children or kids was written in Russian outside of the theater, uh, according to photos, uh, or whether it is the, uh, you know, targeting of uh, civilians, of hospitals, of maternity wards. Uh, if that's not a uh, considered a war crime by human beings, what is? Well, that's a fair question, and it does make you wonder whether President Biden or the Secretary of State have spent much time going through Vladimir Putin's back catalogue. After all, Aleppo was pulverised by Russian forces who targeted Syrian civilians relentlessly, and the US never branded that a war crime, even off the cuff. I've walked the streets of Grozny in Chechnya shortly after they were bombed back to the Stone Age by Putin's forces. It certainly looked like war crimes were committed there as well, although never cited by the United States. But let's assume the US government is finally playing a game of catch-up and finally realising what Vladimir Putin has been all about for a very long time. What happens now? Having called him a war criminal, can the US ever engage in dialogue with him again? Is the US government even still recognising him as the legitimate leader of Russia? Or does President Biden think that Putin and his slavish sidekicks, including Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov and Defence Minister Sergei Shoigu, deserve a one-way ticket to The Hague? We don't know, because having got out way in front of the official investigation into what's happening in Ukraine, the Secretary of State said we must not get out way in front of the official investigation into what's happening in Ukraine. We need to go through this process of compiling the evidence, collecting the evidence, uh, understanding uh, the evidence. We'll share that, uh, and our allies and partners, I'm sure, will do the same. 
to support accountability using every tool that we have available. I'm not going to get ahead of, uh, first of all, what the outcome will be or what the consequences will be, but I can say uh, with uh, conviction that there will be accountability for any war crimes that are determined to have occurred. The Secretary of State, who says war crimes have occurred, telling everyone to wait for the official outcome of the investigation into whether war crimes have occurred. And this is the administration whose president this morning spent nearly two hours in a virtual meeting with Chinese President Xi Jinping, urging him to observe a rules-based system of international order. Russia has turned the Ukrainian sky into a source of death for thousands of people. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky speaking through an interpreter to a joint session of the U.S. Congress on Wednesday. He made it clear that he was appealing to lawmakers on Capitol Hill to be the mature ones in Washington and pressure the White House to do more to help him. He cited Pearl Harbor and 9-11, said America knows what it feels like to experience terror from the air. He even quoted the Reverend Martin Luther the king saying i have a dream that western powers will give me a no-fly zone russian troops have already fired nearly 1000 missiles at ukraine countless bombs they use drones to kill us with precision this is a terror that europe has not seen has not seen for 80 years and we are asking for a reply for an answer uh, to this uh, terror from the whole world is this a lot to ask for to create a no-fly zone zone over ukraine to save people is this too much to ask apparently it is still too much to ask president biden worries that the implementation of a no-fly zone could be the slippery slope leading to World War III. But President Zelensky had an impact among lawmakers on Wednesday. Republican Senator Lindsey Graham of South Carolina saying if the U.S. is already sending advanced drones to the Ukrainian Air Force, why not fighter jets? I've talked to Democratic senators in the last 48 hours, and I think there's more than a handful of Democrats that would like to do something uh, with the jets. So the bottom line is, while NATO no-fly zone seems to be a bridge too far for me and the administration, there is bipartisan support for sending a package that includes fighter jets and air defense systems. It will not be a surprise if in the days ahead congressional pressure leads to the same change of heart on the issue of fighter jets that we already saw on the issue of Russian oil imports. This was the week, after all, when Democrat Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House of Representatives, urged the White House to rethink its decision to block Poland's proposed transfer of MiG fighter jets to Ukraine. Myself, when I see that... that those tanks, that 40 miles of tanks, I'd like to take out those tanks. I mean, I, I think that air, uh, them having more planes might be useful, but that I'm not a, a military st strategist. I hope that we can get to a place where the uh, MiGs can go to Ukraine, the F-16s, especially if we have an excess of them, uh, can backfill. The Putin wing of the Republican Party had another big week on right-wing propaganda channel OAN, Donald Trump's favorite TV network. They were claiming that the U.S. had orchestrated a false flag operation in Ukraine and that it wasn't the Russians who were doing all the bombing. It looks like we have the makings of yet another false flag operation, this time in the far-flung land of Ukraine, 
where Biden and his cronies are desperately trying to cook up more conflict to distract from their monumental failures here in America. Mercifully, it is now almost as hard to find that treacherous nonsense on the air in America as it is to find the Kremlin's TV network RT that, of course, had its British broadcasting license revoked by Ofcom today. Stunningly, in Washington this morning on AM 1390... WZHF Capital Heights. This radio programming is distributed by RM Broadcasting LLC on behalf of the Federal State Unitary Enterprise Russia Savodya International Information Agency, Moscow, Russia. The Kremlin's Sputnik Radio remains on air 24-7. There's no Ofcom here to stop its propaganda from reaching every car or home in the Washington area that is tuned into medium wave. No, I don't get it either, but perhaps this morning's presenter was trying to tell us something. Hello and welcome to Brave New World Programme. My name's John Harrison. We all know people who like to hoard things. Maybe you are a hoarder and take delight in storing things that you know you won't need. Because after all, you may see uses for a particular object that other people don't. Like Ukraine, perhaps. Maybe Vladimir Putin is just like the rest of us and has a cupboard filled with countries he just can't bear to part with. While we're meandering down Absurdist Avenue, I have not yet on American Week mentioned Herschel Walker, an American football legend who is now running for the U.S. Senate in the state of Georgia. He's won the endorsement of former President Donald Trump and this week appeared on an evangelical broadcast to raise a question I want you to spend the weekend pondering. At one time, science said man came from apes. Did it not? If that is true... Why are there still apes? Think about it. You know, now you're getting too smart for us. No, no, no. It's real. It's not a spoof. In our remaining time available, we must travel from the ridiculous to the sublime. I haven't got nine minutes left to bring you all of Arnold Schwarzenegger's message directed at Russian soldiers, Vladimir Putin himself and the Russian people. But you should watch all of it. The former governor of California and action movie star taking advantage of the fact that his is one of only two dozen accounts Vladimir Putin follows on Twitter. The Russian soldiers listening to this broadcast, this is not the war to defend Russia, that your grandfathers or your great-grandfathers fought. This is an illegal war. Your lives, your limbs, your futures are being sacrificed for a senseless war condemned by the entire world. Let your fellow Russians know the human catastrophe that is happening in Ukraine. And to President Putin, I say, you started this war. You are leading this war. You can stop this war. The war this week took the life of someone I knew, Fox News cameraman Pierre Zakreshki. We had worked together in various places at various times, including Iraq back in 2003 and London after the 7-7 bombings. He was the most experienced combat cameraman any of us in the industry had ever encountered. You felt supremely safe working with him, and supremely privileged to be in the orbit of a man with limitless talent and absolutely infectious enthusiasm. His death at the age of 55, along with perhaps thousands of others in Ukraine this week, was a war crime. The question, Eddie, remains, what's Joe Biden going to do about it? Simon Marks' American Week, back next Friday at a quarter to five.
This is LBC. I'm Eddie Mayer.